And welcome back to Bag New Convos. I'm your host, Lesefa M. Daddy Waddy Pod, aka Future Short, and maybe you might get a chance to call me Daddy like Cairo. On this week's episode, we have Zay Twinsimandi, who is a tech entrepreneur and a fellow podcaster. How are you, my brother? I'm well. How are you? Ah, that's weird. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, how do you describe yourself to people that don't know you? Right. Uh, hello, listeners. My name is Setsun Zimande. I am the CEO and co-founder of a small startup or small tech startup called Seder Tech, as well as a uh, co uh, co-host of the podcast. You had me at Dam. Yeah. Seder Tech is a uh, a tech startup for which is aimed to actually empower the dreamers of our generation through technology. So we work both with clients in the B2B space around marketing and also web and mobile app development. And they also create uh, content and are really driven within the space of, um, yeah, young entrepreneurship and are building yeah. a platform there. Yeah, so what inspired you two to start with Seda? Uh, basically, the whole idea of always had the dream of creating or us as South Africans or someone, you know, in South Africa creating something that gets exported in the tech space elsewhere. We were hearing the calls, the Facebooks of the world coming from America and everywhere else coming to us for solutions. But I always wanted that dream that us creating something that is able to like, you know, branch out into the world and people, I don't know, people don't see their lives without it. That, that's all the around it. Yeah. So. I think, you know, I was looking at one of your TikToks where you were saying something, you were giving your input and you you were sharing some of the platforms that entrepreneurs can use as far as get funding or to to use to to advance themselves in whatever sector of business they are in, you know. And one thing stood out for me to say like this, you you are part of, you are a, a CEO or co-founder of Seda and I wanted to to find out from you saying like the challenges what are some of the challenges that come with being a co-founder in the tech space uh one thing's for sure especially one of the challenges I would say on that I've experienced is yeah. definitely especially when you're starting out really young about what you're trying to do yeah. and your lack of inex- uh, lack of experience but like a lot of ambition you definitely you have a lot to learn on a constant basis and there's a lot of ideas that you think are gonna work a lot of ideas that you you're not sure of but the biggest challenge i'd say is definitely the limiting mindset of what you think you can do or where you can knock on the doors of think for me on my side there's been a lot of times especially around maybe closing clients within like you know finding new clients and stuff that we don't yeah. used to like going on like you know sales calls or meetings because I'm like yo what if I don't I don't think I can take rejection and all of that but I realized that overcoming that challenge has been one <laughs> thing that is super like I don't know enjoyable once yet with the state once you get over yourself and get over what you don't know and you just focus on okay let me just 
grow myself. Let me just keep on moving. Let me just keep one foot in front of the other. Like nobody's stopping me. Like nobody's limiting me. And that yeah. usually that mindset is what usually allows you to overcome a lot of things. It also has allowed a lot of people that I've observed in the past to overcome a lot of things. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. So, you know, I think it this brings me to my next question. You know, um, I think my mom, my mom is the reason um, I fell in love with entrepreneurship because she introduced me to entrepreneurship on a very young age. Do you have anyone in your in your circle who inspired you to, to become uh, an entrepreneur? Anyone that inspired? I think my dad mostly. Yeah. Um, my dad was the one person within my life. He wasn't an entrepreneur himself, but he mm-hmm. was that had a lot of entrepreneurial ideas. And Ian, because of our like just uh, the way that he's kind of his life went and his priorities went, he was always strive for having more structure within the house and making sure you know everyone is fed and and growing within his career and his professionals in engineering. That he's like he always used to impart a lot of I like not necessarily ideas but basically ambitions. Be like you can do this without when you were at a young state and you don't have the responsibilities and you should and with that it gave me that drive that urgency of like let me do this before maybe life gets super serious and i have to consider the responsibilities and accountabilities that i have so yeah i think there wasn't really an entrepreneur that really um yeah growing up there wasn't really an entrepreneur that like stood out that like i knew personally because I was surrounded around my family about a lot of professionals. So in that space, the only entrepreneurs that I've ever seen were the ones, you know, which were on TV, like the, you know, the the Zuckerbergs and the, the Bezos and the Musks of the yeah. world. Yo, those guys like really did something from yeah, true. build something. And yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, you you're still you're still talking. Yeah, so I think for that, my dad gave me, infused me with the ambition um, and basically gave me that um, mindset of like, okay, you can pursue what you want to pursue. You can do it. Um, You just have to actually just be principled within what you're trying to do, be in a constant state of learning and and just move forward and, and, and keep on growing. No, no, I see you, I see you. And as you were talking, I was thinking about Silicon Valley and the contribution of Silicon Valley to the success of Facebook, right? And I'm like, in South Africa, I've never heard of a platform that that contributes in the same way as Silicon Valley did to to your Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. Do you you have any of those platforms in Uh, SA specifically? Terms of platforms, um, as in uh, places, I think there is quite a bit of a culture on startup in Cape Town. It's like the yes on Cape was it? Um, I have what did you call it? Uh, Silicon Cape. Silicon Cape, yeah. So yeah. what do you do? Basically, um, there is like a, a, a certain area, or, or not necessary area, but a certain culture around it where there's a lot of startups, a lot of actually like, you know, tech innovations that go on within Cape Town that get transferred and gets um, put out into the rest. Like for example, a lot of big um, 
big uh, companies that are actually service companies that uh, service us now. Like I think Quicket's based in Cape Town. Um, yeah, is based in Cape Town. All tech innovations that were like 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 kind of foreigners there. On my side, yeah. I'd always wanted to like I don't know grow it, like, get into like like just that space. But yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I'm a Joburg blood through and through. Yeah. Um, I definitely enjoy enjoy the space this side because it feels more robust. When I mean by it, I mean by with Cape Town, it's like okay, you can come with your idea and you may and you like most likely gonna get like funding and access to that. But Joburg, yeah. where things get done, where people get met, when networks are expanded on. And if you don't have that network, if you don't have that access, if you don't have the way in, in Joburg, yeah. I don't know how you like, you know, can get into Cape Town, at least on myself and my theory and my experience that it feels like you have to be at a certain state to actually enter into those doors. And Joburg has the best place to meeting so many people that can truly expand your, the idea that you have can get you to the place that you need to get to and there's so much activity in it that it's like yo for me that's why i love joburg in itself i'd love to be a part of cape town but like joburg just has my heart and so i, I just wanted to 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 ask you to that uh you mentioned earlier on yeah the, the silicon cape i just wanted to ask you that given that cape town you know people are having discussions around the racism and all that and I wanted to find out from you, as someone who's that side, like in those platforms such as Silicon Cape, do, do you ever experience maybe the, the the racial segregation to say maybe there's people who are given this access because of the color of their skin? Have you experienced any of that? Uh, because I don't know. Yeah. I'm not within the Silicon Cape community and I'm not any Cape Town. I'm definitely based in Joburg, but from my experience with a lot of uh, things around there, there is, of course, we both know this, there is, like, you know what I mean? This is, yeah, yeah, sure. Which is rampant that side. And I do think that it does have a place. It does have an effect. One thing I've definitely felt and realized that it feels like, I don't know, there's a level of legitimacy when there's whiteness within whatever startup you're in. And as a result, yeah. open doors get open. I'm not complaining. That's not something mm-hmm. that I, I stand for. It's not something that I choose to see as a hindrance to any form of success because it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, there are some people who have white skin and who aren't also successful. And there's been a lot of black people that have succeeded, that have created the most out of the situations. But one thing I've definitely noticed is that there is always always that level of legitimacy that like when you see it both in LinkedIn and stuff that it's like yo people would much rather be within the space of like you know businesses and and tech startups that are like you know headed by more white faces because it seems more legitimate and authoritarian than more black ideas because it feels that more I don't know there's there's just it feels like there's a there's a difference it feels like when you're successful as a black person uh, especially within tech, it's black excellence. Yet when you're yeah. in a, a white person who's succeeding in tech, it's just, you're just, you know, successful. Feels like there's a mainstream and then there's a sublet of like, which I don't believe that to be the case. I don't, yeah, yeah, I think that that's, 
that's that's yeah so like looking in, uh, at the tech space do you think there's enough entrepreneurs in the tech in the tech space in south africa uh yeah oh no nah as in do i think there's enough people yeah like to say like guys there's a market here and now I, I wanted to bring in something else within this and i was like yo i think should bricks bricks actualize i think there's a huge opportunity for every industry and given that you're also in tech you're one of the people that can preach you know breach some of the gaps that are there yeah. as far as tech you know what i mean and by saying that i'm like oh okay there's that opportunity but do we have enough people that are in the tech space to actually service the gap you know what i mean yeah i think yeah, there's so- a lot of people within the tech space on different levels um some might not be at the quality that maybe might be looking for but there is still a high number of individuals that always have aspirations around it or always pushing within that space who are looking or who always has an idea that they want to build onto and and grow into but mm. for us it shouldn't be um a, a hunt for increased amount of people or black people within tech space but rather it should be an increased amount of solutions being created for the problems that we face as south africans and interesting it's like one of all like we can have a ton of we can have a mountain load of black people coming in within the tech space but if they're not providing value if they're not creating value for the rest of the world because that's what that's what made stuff click especially within like silicon valley in the states they were creating that was rippling outwards to the rest of the u.s and internationally you know what i'm saying and he said those solutions being brought in it's what created the value and it's what created silicon to be the way that it is the innovation the innovation hub even though now there's multiple different places that are, are building up in that space, even in Africa and itself, like Rwanda is really going at it. Nigeria has passed yeah. us completely. Like there are way more people are way more willing. International people are way more willing to invest in Nigerian startups, especially Nigerian fintech startups, than South Africa. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where clearly there is there is a level that we need to be at in, as South Africans to provide the value you know what i mean well, provide the yeah, noise and it takes us so, to be aware of that no i see you i see you so i think we need to go on to to an ad break so for those of you who just joined us on the line we have zetunzi monday we've been take, talking about everything tech we've been with him for the past 15 minutes but when we come back after the break we'll ask him some of the the questions around the challenges and if we have enough resources to ch- you know to challenge some of the 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 world the world the some of the giants in tech in the tech space around the world you know so when we come back there's that to talk about i'm your host the circle m daddy wadi pod aka future shot and maybe you might get a chance to call me cairo so let's meet after the break cheers
welcome back to Back Room Convos. I'm your host, Lester Sotem Dewey Paul, aka Shisha Short. And maybe you might get a chance to call me daddy like Cairo. Listen, on the line, we have Zetu Zimande. We're talking everything Ted today. So before we left, before the break, we were talking about Silicon Cape. We're talking everything around tech. And be- before we went on the, the break, I wanted to ask you, Zetu, you said to that why do I keep on saying Zetu? Said you. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just became aware of that now. I'm like, wait, why do I keep on saying that? Said you. I apologize for that. Like, apologize for that. So I just wanted to ask you a question before we went on the break. To say, like, do you think we have enough resource to challenge some of the tech giants in the world as Africans? As Africans? Yeah. See, like how? So I'm saying resource, you know, like there's some of these like big platforms like your Amazons, like your Facebooks, those are like platforms that are international, you know. And I'm like, when you look at some of the things like the click banks of the world where people, it's a huge platform for affiliate marketing and Amazon also has that platform as well. But some of these, such as a platform like ClickBank, they don't allow this i know i'm not sure about clickbank though they don't allow some of like the third world countries to participate in affiliate marketing you know and i'm like do you think we have enough resources to create some of these platforms for our african people so we can also implement some of the similar you know ideas that they have for the west but for our african people you know, in, in hopes to alleviate even the poverty that's all around Africa. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. I think, I mean, with that being said, I, I don't know if we have enough, like, in terms of resources, because it takes, like, a lot around that. But one thing I do think we do have the, the resources for is to solve our problem. You know what I mean? And as Africa, the South Africans, I don't think we should be focusing on creating our own Facebook, but rather creating maybe platforms or social media platforms that highlight stuff that can advance us as South Africans, as Africans in general. If we focus on that, rather than creating nationalized platforms, like for example, a South African WhatsApp, that's not going to work. I don't think that's going to work because the stuff that we create we don't, we're not more attracted to something because it's South African because at the end of the day, mm. that definitely shows for our consumption of, of filming and music. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us, we do make our own music, our own stuff, but like, because it's like, you know, international is just international, that it, it usually mm. gets raised. But when something is uniquely us, that's when it grows that's why there's more production. We more we consume piano. I'm a piano a lot because it's uniquely South African. It it feels like us. It answers our questions. I mean, it answers our requests for music in terms of grooving, in terms of feeling. The same thing can be said in terms of tech. When we're building something, yeah. something to compete with a juggernaut because that'll never work. It just won't. They have millions and billions of development um behind themselves they have billions of users they have um marketing um uh basically marketing association with a lot of people that people just just usually associate with that people rather go for something that they know rather than new things 
like it's going to be very hard to find to create a music streaming platform that beats spotify because we're so easy spotify and apple music so we shouldn't be challenging um the uh the monopolies of this world the amazon and stuff we should be solutions for ourselves which will allow us not necessarily to outshine them but to solve our own problems that is what grows everything because it it creates an outside like effect that like like yeah just creates a chain reaction for more development within the country hence why hence why like a lot of even starter or hence why a lot of south african ride-sharing startups i in my opinion aren't doing well they're not capturing the market as well as they should be because just like trying to be a south african uber when in actuality we need something that solves the problem of what we're trying to do or what Mm. within the space because that's what people focus on that's what the let's focus on so yeah no on our side as a team at Seda, we always try to focus on the solution, focus on understanding the people that we're, we're trying to impact. That's like, yo, is this a whole lot of nothing? Because creativity plus solving, uh, problem solving is what creates innovation, not just something yeah. new. You know what I mean? If you have no, doesn't mean that it's innovative because it only has it has to solve a problem in order to be deemed innovative yeah no i see you i see you so how how do you define entrepreneurship when someone says i'm an entrepreneur in your mind what's that how do you define it to yourself i'll define it i think for me my uh, business idol and role model just like probably a lot of young south africans is listed to mobile actually who despite as um, entrepreneurship is creating us creating a solution basically hmm. a, yeah. of a solution that's entrepreneurship hmm. you can have a franchise that doesn't make you an entrepreneur you can have you can sell resell product but that also doesn't make you an entrepreneur but if you're creating something uniquely um, your kind of way and you're building it out for it to grow and for you to not necessarily work within it but to i don't know be absolved of the day-to-day and allow for yeah. the system to operate without you then you're an actual entrepreneur instead of just a self-employed person that was something that i read from him and like yeah that he was like yo and i realized when i when i heard it i was like yo snap yeah i know i'm definitely gonna uh self-employed for a bit yeah he said in a sense of being self-employed and when I got into the state of, okay, expand yourself into, okay, step out of your, your factory and work on the surroundings and work on not the day-to-day, then, then you're truly being an entrepreneur. If the business can run without you, not necessarily without you, but doesn't need you in the factory making the, the sausage or making the clothes, yeah. you're an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, I, I do. Yeah. You were saying something. No, I'd say otherwise that's just self being self-employed, which a lot of us are and a lot of us need to be, which is I don't know, I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of actually. Yeah. I, I think it's yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You I think <laughs> So I just want to add on to what you were saying about Fusi. I think 
one of the things that I remember when you, you were saying whatever you were saying now is that he said and I find this very profound he said there's a difference between people that work in the business and people that work on the business yeah, yeah and I'm like oh that's so dope because a lot of like the people that I see that are self-employed work in the business and not on the business and I think he made a perfect example about the, your, your peak and pay and your hood, hood corner store something along those lines is like there's a difference between that and i think he made an example about his father he's like my grandfather had puzzle shops in the same street the same time the guy Ackerman was opening his shops but Ackerman is doing so much millions per year and my grandfather's business is no more it's because my grandfather was working in the business and was working on the business you know what i mean yeah and i was like oh i think that's what truly separates you from a lot of people it's for you to think about solutions that advance the business you know what i mean so and i'm like I, that was very important for me to highlight and i'm like you know i want us to talk about a bit about bricks you know and i'm like there's a lot of potential opportunities that come with the actualization of bricks you know and you being someone who's in the tech space, what are some of the like the the potential opportunities that you've seen for your own within bricks? Yes, like what do you think are the potential opportunities within that? I'm gonna be completely honest. I am not too sure. In terms, for I see definitely the growth in terms of trade relationships. On an international scale, yeah. I do see that, especially for bricks, and it does cause a lot of macro. I don't know for sure if we, as or me being in the state that I'm at, in the state that my company and a lot of entrepreneurs that are within the community and people that I know are truly going to feel the difference of. I don't know from the research, and actually, we actually had a whole talk about this in. Um, our podcast, um, you had me at Dan with yeah. its episode was in it, which in itself it was like definitely explaining the good of it, but like also it's like one of those things where like not a lot of things are gonna change for us, like yeah, in the real in the realest sense, a lot of people, a lot of people are going to make big money, but yeah little people in itself it's not like it's breaking down borders it's not like it's making yeah it's not like now there's going to be more people from other countries coming to us everything's going to still operate the quote-unquote same and we need to be reaching out for the international opportunities but i don't think breaks kind of affects us within the tech space or small tech or like you know medium or like you know growth like early stage tech companies I don't think that's it's really going to make a bit of a change, but there are changes in the international space that actually helps us. Like there's opportunities of French ambassador embassies that are creating entrepreneurship programs, especially for Africans and South Africans. Those, us, those actually, those actually give us a light. Like I have a friend, Tibiusu Malema, who's actually uh, his company is called Gamers Territory, which creates their are a game there uh, trying to bring gaming into the townships and yeah. they 
he's one person that you know grabs the opportunity of, of being part of the the programs around there and now he's in the middle east in tunisia for like picking mm-hmm. a founder's um boot camp and all of that stuff and that's the opportunity that we have to look and keep our eyes open for but i don't think they're going to be open or unlocked due to breaks i might be wrong it's my opinion on something that me and uh, yeah and a bunch of a few people have observed hmm, did so yeah i do hear you so like what's your take on people that are going internationally to you know advance themselves or like to acquire relationships internationally living to say you're in the tech space and person b is also in the tech space but person b decides that uh you know what i think i stand a better chance in this tech space if i'm internationally if i'm in the us or in the uk like what's your thought around that i think there's pros and cons in terms of that space i mean with yeah. some, like you know be internationally bound one thing's for sure is that if you're internationally supported but locally but local locally like solving of problems i think that's going to yeah. be a huge advantage like if you have international support on an in, on like you know like as uh, like you know spaces within the us and all of that stuff and built up relationships within that space yeah while still solving problems yeah that's going to be a huge help but if you're going to maybe the international space because of maybe you think that because you know south africa is not building growing in the way that it should be then it's not going to be helpful beneficial i think it's all focused on what your idea is if you have a startup which is within the astrophysics space um yeah sa might not be the best place for you there is maybe that is being developed and all of that but it's always it depends on what industry you're trying to be in and truly understanding the problem you're solving and the places you are like it's one of those things where as much as you can say that okay now starting maybe a ride sharing company internationally or overseas to start a ride sharing company might be in my opinion might be difficult because of the strong hold of many other ride sharing companies and stuff and when you when you go to those international company of uh, international uh places I think you're a bit on the back end of things because you don't really truly understand the culture that's being uh, like you know around there and you need to understand the culture you need to understand the people in order to solve whatever they're facing you know what I mean yeah so no I get it always I'm always in the space or the mind of the common person the or solving problems for the greater greater population but then thought and companies that are centered around making solutions for bigger or higher level um thinking like those astrophysics and and um the you know the basically startups which require a lot of funding require a lot of attention and require a high level of expertise in order to execute it like you could never start a a starlink oh wait not really a starlink or like a um what is Elon Musk's space SpaceX in SA SpaceX yeah it's way more way more different. yeah but it's like it all depends on what you're trying to build in my opinion that's yeah. like you know what you're trying to build um and you know the the soul the people that this is going to help it's going to solve yeah. or 
having that connection both to your people and also to the investors. If you could be flying, raising funds in like internationally, like in the UAE and other places which have billionaires, which have proper venture capital, uh, venture funds and all of that stuff and can show solve problem in a market within your local place, which I think is the goal, is the dream for any South African or should be the dream for any tech entrepreneur or South African. Um, no, I, I, please, yeah? Yeah, I'm saying I, I definitely agree with you. So for those of you who just joined us on the line, we have said to Ziman, he is a CEO and co-founder of, is it Cida? Cida. 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 Cida Tech. Cida Tech. So we've had it for the past 32 minutes, but now we are going on to the break. And when we come back, we'll talk about his podcasting journey. And all that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, stay tuned. I'm your host, this whole M, Daddy Waddy Pod, a.k.a. Shoot Your Shot. And maybe you might get a chance to call me, Daddy, like Kyle Chess. Welcome back to Bagroom Cardinals. I'm your host, Lesafa M. Daddy Wally AKA Shoot Your Shot. And maybe you might get a chance to call me Daddy Like Kyron. So, for those of you who just joined us on the line, we have Say Twins Imande, a CEO and co founder of the name <laughs> Say the Tech. Say the Tech. Say the Tech. So, yeah. So, for those of you who just joined us, we have him on the line for the past 32 minutes asking him questions around tech we're talking everything tech today so we've had him for the past two minutes i think and before we went to the break i wanted to ask you to say like uh i I was reading i think i was reading a blog was it a blog blog post and it was saying that in 2024 sa will will be receiving its first batch of electricity cars do you think looking at the state of our economy do you think we're ready to have electric cars in the SA? Uh, I think we already do, actually. Yeah. There's, like, everywhere. There's, like, in major, especially major cities around Joburg, like, I know Sanson, Avalanche, yeah. Spots, even going down to Durban, there's, there's um yeah, a lot of electric um infrastructure that's that's kind of been there. You know what I'm saying? Both be yeah. public um Porsches there's like Tycons and stuff which are going around and also yeah they it's there and there's always a market for it because at the end of the day as much as the majority like uh, like within South Africa is is definitely struggling under the unemployment line but there is a small amount of people that are extremely wealthy and with that wealth there they will be splurging around electric and electric vehicles no i i see like oh i just want to 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 get your get your thoughts around this you know there's people that say you know tech is coming in all these 
AI taking over, you know what I mean? And, you know, in SA particular, I'll make a perfect example with like the electric, electric cars, there's petrol attendants. Now you don't need a petrol attendant to charge a car. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's a job loss. And on top of that, we still have a high, very high unemployment rate, you know? So what do you have to say to like people who say that, to say like, yo, this AI is coming for jobs. What do you have to say to that? I say that at the end of the day, industries always revolutionize, always change, and there's always an, uh, there's always a positive and negative around them. Like for example, back into the age of around what 1910 or was it yeah 1910, but around earlier ages, there was a time where um, there was a time where there was um, oh horse and carriages. That was a whole industry. There was so many businesses and and yeah, people who were working around that space. So they had, of course, they had the horses. There had to be people who were taking care of the horses and breeding them, horse breed, which is a huge thing. And then above that, there was hooves. Within the hooves, there's like, you know, there, there needs to be um, that uh, metal, like, you know, uh, that would like protect the horses, basically. So that yeah. was like blacksmith. That was also a really big industry. There was cars. Cars was also yeah. a industry. And when cars came in, it changed a lot of the situation within that space and a lot of lot yeah. were well lost a lot of livelihoods were lost but it transferred it transformed into big factories in terms of the yeah. pollution in terms of you know factory um you know uh the factory line which is created by ford motorworks that is like yo um yeah changed things it created something else which actually allowed people to live better and live on just bigger within the whole thing and getting things at a quicker rate and all of that and when i move forward into this age that we're in now as much as there is a lot of fear around ai and where it's going where um what it can potentially do and the damages that it can actually cause i think there's a lot more within I'm I'm personally an optimist around that space because it feels like a lot more we have a lot more access to create things that we never were able to in the past at a rate that wasn't before understood and if we as South Africans stop and just like keep that stuff away from us we will never catch up we'll never we'll never advance better than we are as like you know within our spaces within our industries because at the end of the day ai is here it is what the world yeah. is into so it's up to us to accept that on time because at the end of the day it's going to be re- accepted regardless but once it's accepted there's pe- there's going to be certain people who are ahead of other people in terms of adopting oh. you know what i'm saying at the end of the day that's what it is that's how it is that it's going to happen it is happening it has happened it it's changing a lot of the way people work and how people do things and it's allowing people to easier to do things than it ever has for a lot of different spaces especially around us as a lower level of entry to creating something a lower level of entry into managing something and slow us down ourselves down as south africans even yeah could be a level of i think my my co-host mo was always like there should be a level of governance around ai and what's what should be you know ethically accepted and not 
which is something that's, that governments and will be something that will be observed, will be improved over time. But AI is yeah. right we cannot afford to miss as South Africans and personally as the youth of SA. Yeah, so do you think in looking at the trajectory of how things are moving, the electric cars, as you mentioned, it's taking places by storm, do you think more has to be invested into the tech space? But yes, but mindfully, I'm going to be honest, mindfully, Yeah. that I think a lot more, um, lot more high quality tech solutions should be invested into. But not, well, it should be a greater amount that should be dedicated, but rather it should be a proper obs- observation and evaluation of the quality, maybe an idea of where it's gone further along the lines of, or where it's coming from, rather than just saying that, yes, there should just be more money, but there should rather maybe be more education around it. There should be a lot more, yeah. not necessarily education around school, because everybody knows that, like, the schooling system is in itself not i don't want to say broken but it is limiting so there should be extracurricular ways as to developing ourselves yeah so i just wanted to teach you to read out something this is what i read yeah about you it, it said uh some some days when you came back from school you were learning stuff around mechanical engineering civil in, and civil engineering so how does that correlate to what you do now in tech? Like, yeah, yeah. I was saying that reading that about you and knowing that now you're in the tech space, like how, like how does that correlate to like civil engineering or your interest in engineering? Uh, it was actually the engineering that was like I was I was highly I don't want to say highly I just. Growing up, because my parent, or well, because my dad was an engineer, actually was yeah, and supposed to go within that path. And it was only around my trip where I actually got awoken, and not necessarily awoken, but I understood what it is I wanted to do with my life if I wasn't in the state of thinking that I could fail at it. Because hmm. initially, um, growing up, I was drilled that was like, yo. You know what I'm saying? Having a proper profession is everything. Qualification, qualification, qualification. Especially yeah. a black individuals within the middle class. That is like, yo, that's all that you need. And you get your job, you get everything. But as I was starting to observe it, I was starting to see a lot around me. Like people who were going for their qualification, were struggling for it, sometimes serving for qualifications they didn't even want and can't get jobs around. It's not a lot to, to be created. So I realized that engineering in myself and personally was in my head was the safe bet to go for and then no i understood yeah oh when i like started to like read up and not necessarily read up but understood myself and what i truly was deeply interested in and i always had a deep interest for a lot of how can i say startup stories a lot of hearing the legend of facebook and how it started tesla and I, and that is like yo it gave me that thing of like, yo, I'd love to create a solution. I'd love to create something that people didn't know that they needed and create a proper brand around that, which allows people to feel something. And that's when I was like, had a really deep interest around business. And, and that's what I, I like branched into, I'm um, going into university into my first year in university of Pretoria. That I was like, 
and yeah. carried on with that. And I realized that, okay, having my, of course, my, my roots and understanding learning in business, but then also pursuing understanding of tech or coding or, or marketing on through my own means because I realized that you can learn anything through the internet. Shout out to 2020 yeah. pandemic because that was a time where I really expanded and exploded my head in terms of online courses and what was possible to know. So that, that I guess that's the journey of of the this discovery of me being in tech, I guess. And I'm mm. not a group of people that have the same ambition as me by different skill sets and we all kind of work together to make our baby and make our reality basically mm. oh, i see you i see you you were you made you did mention uh that you studied in the university of pretoria and you studied bachelor's of commerce uh, bachelor's in commerce yeah. and business management here yeah. so i just want to know from you to say like how, how much of what you study as a contributing factor to the success of your company today? I'm gonna be real, almost nothing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be real. Let me be real. Will you be honest? <laughs> yeah, old trip matter. Studying business, um, it will definitely give you an understanding of the fundamentals, but it will not, in, in, like, I don't know, it won't strengthen you and give you the foundation of truly pursuing what you need to pursue. One thing's for sure, one truly made everything around us was basically our ability as a as a group as as a, a team of dreamers to learning outside in terms of the online courses that are available a lot of them being free in terms of the youtube in terms of yeah, yeah around that space and be in a constant state of experimentation to be like okay let's try this out let's see how this works it that in itself what is what grew most of the knowledge that we have now and the clientele that we have now not a lot of it was in school but school has given us the foundation and the discipline to apply ourselves to something for an extended period of time and seeing it through um while you know giving us that freedom of like okay we're students within what we're doing and we're like we have that level of support by our university because um there's a, a large network of people that we can interact with that we can talk to and the location of it is that there's a lot you can easily meet people especially within the university space so i would say no it doesn't help a lot so you can study almost anything by your ambition somewhere else and but if you have your mindset to be learning it and seeing it through the classroom, then you can actually create something. No, I see you. So, um, I did read up as well that uh, in 2020, is it in 2020, in June, starting from 2021, you were a freelance copywriter. Yeah. So, yeah. what's the story behind that? Uh, that one was like basically understanding the skill of the power of the words that you use to describe what you need to. So I always the impression that, oh no, um, pictures sell, sell products. It's the words that you read that make you feel a certain way, level of emotion. And it was an aspect of marketing that I was like, that I have like a really deep interest in and being able to write things to put things into uh, in a certain way 
in order to create uh, a result from either generating writing email to generate leads writing a script for um um maybe an advert or there's so many things around the words that you use is such an important and crucial part of marketing which i love getting into and and starting out within that space um and building a client base within there that it was actually really beneficial for us and me personally in terms of one of the skill sets where i was uh, growing at the time yeah so for people who just joined us on the line we have said to zimandi he is a ceo and co-founder of seda tech we've had her for the past 45 minutes 46 minutes now so when we come back the last 15 minutes we'll talk about the podcast and you know we already started talking about copywriting and we'll ask more questions around that for those of you who just joined us don't forget to follow like and subscribe to get a notification each and every time we drop a new episode let's meet after the break cheers Welcome back to Back Room Code Voice. I'm your host, Lesefo M. Did you report? AKA Future Short. And maybe you might get a chance to call me Daddy Like Cairo. Listen on the line here, said Susan He's a CEO and co founder of Seda Tech, uh, a tech startup. We've had him for the past 47 minutes on the line, breaking down a lot of complex questions that we had to ask him and hopefully some of you get to learn a lot from the questions that we asked him for the past 45 to 46 minutes and you know since before we went to the break i just wanted to ask you more questions around copywriting so and i forgot to ask this one question so to someone who doesn't know what copywriting is in layman's sense or what would you say to that person uh i could basically describe it as the words that are used uh, within anything to do with advertising and marketing. So basically, mm. words that are used. So from print ads, what was written in it, the amount, it doesn't have to be, it's not something that's like, okay, the more words, the better, like a blog post and journal writing, but rather the most effective use of words in order to get the goal uh, or your marketing goal. Yeah. And so now we want us to talk about the podcast. You're a co-host of You Had Me at Them, right? So I want us to talk a bit about that, you know, like how much of the copywriting skill that you were able to to implement in the podcast to make sure that the podcast is where, where it is now. Like how much of the skill? Uh, actually quite a bit. Uh, or the mo- majority of the skill was found actually from um my deep love for content creation uh that's actually what actually guided us uh, into creating both 
a proper unique experience and also a um our, our partnerships with tower Productions or video element yeah yeah so for me grow like starting out actually starting out last year uh, i started creating like videos around um the journeys that we're kind of having or that i was kind of having as a startup entrepreneur that was like okay yeah i did this and i recorded stuff around it and i told the story around it then me and my friend mo um uh who we always had incredible conversations and incredible experiences we were like yo it's just like every idea i'm sure you, uh, every conversation i'm sure you had this also when you started your yeah everything's like yo we should start a podcast which is just basically us talking <laughs> up that make us go down and yeah lot of the content skills that I had uh, grown and harnessed and was in the process of harnessing, I used that and transferred that into the You Had Me at Dam and yeah, basically the experience around it. Wow, dude, that's dope, man. That's dope. That's dope. So I just, that was my next question actually to say like, why, why the name, you know? So I think you just answered my question around it, you know what I mean? So I just wanted to ask this again, like, why like looking at where the podcast is now do you think the problem that you you had initially to say like this is the problem that i'm looking to solve with this podcast do you think you are achieving that with every episode that you release um yeah actually i think uh we are achieving that um but not at the rate that i want it to be well, it's not always the case. Well, I mean, no, no, not in terms of numbers, because of course, numbers can be satisfied. But I'm talking about um, the conversations that we're, we're trying to like grow into having and the community engagement that we're trying to build and grow into, because we do have like a couple of people like who tune in and give us the insights and even have people that like come up to Mo and, and, and say, and like, you know, identify them for the podcast. I don't get that though. Yeah don't get that same recognition it's uh, it's messed up i know <laughs> you know yeah, I, 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 yeah. huh uh, well I, like, I also like i'm surprised because you know people know you from tiktok because i showed some of the people that i work with in the podcast to say like do you know do you know this guy they're like yeah yeah, yeah you know i know him and i'm like when you said what you just said to me now i'm like how's that yeah, but people will always call out the TikTok and the Instagram. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I'm like, around Seda, but they'll never call out. You had me at them. It's like a, unless they know me and it in branches out. But Mo, on the other hand, Mo, I think because um he's a person that like okay um the you had me at them podcast is like he's in with his way of like kind of like branching out and trying out something new and experimenting. Um, he doesn't have his like own personal like like you know I don't know content creation, so people didn't yeah. like always just like hit up all oh, Mo. Yeah, and also he's the guy with the golden voice. That's what that's the that's thing. Yeah, yeah he's the man golden voice. That's his AKA. I'm not content, but he's the man. Like when you hear him speak, you're like, wow, this guy. Needs yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. So, like, what, what are some of the challenges that you guys, you know, face that people, you know, people don't know about? This uh, has, like, quite disgusting. Like, seeing us, us on YouTube, you'd see that we are 
the places that we actually shoot at is like sometimes different uh yeah the few we've had a, like difficulty in terms of finding a proper spot to record uh so we yeah. like we always every time we have to like have a shooting day uh we have to like okay yeah. we're gonna shoot where we're gonna and then we sometimes it's one place and then the venue goes bad because the person double booked us or cancels or whatever so then we have to lay down to finding the proper places so that's been one of the biggest challenges finding a home really finding a home our own but one thing is the people at yumi cafe in hatfield have been very helpful to us and it's why we record our episodes there the vibe makes it clean and proper and the videos comes out really good Another part of the challenges is basically, um, on my side, definitely finding the time. Uh, yeah. Like sometimes I like struggle with that with all this stuff that I have going on, both finishing when yeah. he's running my business, and it's like, yo, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be in terms of um, creative output for yeah. the content that we have and stuff. But those are all things that we overcome with time management, with productivity, with getting just like overcoming procrastination really mm. uh, and we find our way basically we find our way one thing's for sure is that when you when we like recording podcasts you always find creative solutions to, to things like for example this in terms of hosting it's like yo i'm out here in pretoria um hatfield side in pretoria that it's like yo mm. two different places but we're able to have this conversation so easily and it's mm. and those things that you find on the way that it's never easy it's never as as quick as as possible and then also for me on my side the team's happy with the numbers but because for me i always like like you know even having as high as my numbers as possible i'm not happy with the numbers you know what i mean yeah yeah so what what's your take i just want to ask you this what's your take as far as consistency to growth you know to say like how much do you think consistency is like the role of consistency to the growth of your your podcast tempt to me about that yeah it's immense it is a crazy it's it's one of the things that like really make or break whatever you do it's consistent and quality because you can consistently put out bad stuff that's one thing for sure you can consistently like put out like really terrible stuff but then if you're in the space of trying to understand yourself and experiment and produce quality, you have to have, you have to match it with the high level of consistency that's required of it. So you can't just put out one ep- one good episode and then leave it for two months. That's something that on our side, you don't build the culture around that. You want to build mm-hmm. a way that people constantly have something to talk about. There's constantly new content, new stuff, new discoveries new discussions and engagement that is being had within your audience because that's right there is what builds up the audience that's built up the biggest people of the past joe rogan and the present really joe rogan's only big as he is because of the consistency out and also breaking down of episodes and the difference of of conversations that you'd have because he wouldn't just have conversations with people that he liked and people that he knew but he would have conversations on topics that need to be had and he's in his curiosity to other people's opinions and stuff allows for a lot of discussions and i'd see uh, see that as uh the reason why the like you know joe rogan experience is as big as it is yeah 
yeah no i i get you i get you so someone who's listening to to us talk about podcasting you know and they have the 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 feeling that i i think i need to start this what would you would you advise them to, to do like i would say um get over the idea that like oh everyone at the fuck was why should i i think that's one of the limiting things that's like people will be like oh no everyone's doing podcasts now so why should i feel like i'm late one thing for sure is that mm-hmm. everyone forever will be doing something there was always yeah. new rappers coming into the scene but at the end of the day even back in the day with the people that were as big as the biggest people right now came into the game when there was a lot of the people like back in 2007 2008 when um drake and kendrick were coming in a lot of people they said a lot of people were rappers yeah but at the end of the day they still created a name for themselves they still experimented with what they did and over time because the kendrick of the start is not the kendrick of the end and it's only through the journey where we actually see how far we can go we can see what we can do sometimes it's not as good as you thought of it in your head but it's always different because it's outside of the theory so i would say always create something always try to make your way around it and and just get over i don't know get over the 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 fear of being ridiculed yeah yeah so tough to think about the power of being like yo that's mine i created i made that you can skip boom i love the idea of scrolling through your stuff like i'm sure um you also enjoy that like yo i did all of these things that are made yeah oh bro it feels so good yeah so do you think you know you're knowing your why you know so i think the the one way to know your why yeah is to understand the problem that you solve right yeah. do you think knowing your why can be a contributing factor to the success in anything that you do yeah because it allows you i i do agree with that because it allows you to like get through stuff um in than the regular more than like the average people because like if you don't know your why you you'll get to a stumbling block then you'll wonder to yourself wait why am i doing this but then when you understand yeah. understand why are you doing this and who are you doing it for because sometimes yeah. a level of power and not doing things for yourself um that it truly allows you to get over and and get through certain things yeah so yeah this is like the final question that i wanted to to ask you you know you did mention kendrick you did mention uh drake who are we going with are you more of a drake or kendrick fan i'm cool bro i'm cool i am yeah cool i'm j cole all the way but Ooh. yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry he's yeah he's but yeah, um, almost- well because of his authenticity or the role authentic his brand and relatable his brand feels yeah so what what's your take on on the the the, the feature he did drake or oh, even the other feature he bodied him i'm sorry so bro body double i i felt i think for me this is how i felt about the project because like oh well because i felt like i like the call that i'm seeing now because I, i also feel like with the the Lil yari feature he also boarded him yeah, Drake boarded him, and I'm like, I think now I'm ready to hear 
maybe a collaborative project between Drake and, you know, J. Cole, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I need music more from these guys, you know, even Kendrick, you know, but I think that's a long shot, but you know, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah like, it's a long shot to get Kendrick to do the song with these guys, but I'm like, you know, J. Cole is just something else, you know, and I really appreciate his music, bro. And like, as you said, the authenticity as well also counts and contributes to how I, I consume his music, you know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to get your your thoughts around that. I know we we went off topic with it. And final word, I'd like yeah, you were saying? I love the I love the tension. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to to, to ask you, I, I, and I did say the last time. Then that was my last question, but this is my last question. What are you reading now? Like the book? Um, give us a book. I'm currently reading, actually rereading. Shoe Dogs. Shoe? Shoe Dogs. It's actually the story of Phil Knight, the creator of Nike. I read it before and it was so, it was so empowering and it is just incredible. The story of how Nike became one of the most iconic brands of all time and all the stuff that kind of happened. Something, you know, like things was in their favor and but a lot of determination and and grit that you didn't you wouldn't think that the biggest brand that we always grew up with and always knew was there that at some point that they didn't know or they didn't know how yeah and how how much of that is is in correlation with what the movie is you do know that there's a movie part of it like how much of that is it's correlated in the sense that um it was more of the book was an overall view of the Nike yeah. night story, but this book was basically the focus of the most iconic shoe of all time. It wasn't even about Michael Jordan. It wasn't about Phil Knight. It was yeah. the creation of such an iconic shoe because at that time, yeah, that's that's the movie in itself, and I love the movie too. Yeah, the the ending with the final speech. It was also one of those things that was like truly empowering to the point that i even have like a necklace of the jordan one because yeah. of and what it means yeah so yeah i just want to ask you something you know because often even i talk to 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 people who are entrepreneurs they say in anything that you you do you always have to have a story because story is a reason why people relate to you do you agree with that i completely agree with that with everyone yeah yeah oh, okay thank you man thank you for joining us for the podcast um yeah for those of you who haven't subscribed followed please do that so you can get a notification each and every time we drop an episode we had on this week's episode say tunzi monday he is a ceo and co-founder of seida tech and we've had it for the past hour and appreciate him joining us and hopefully in future when we do like a video podcast we'll get him you know, because he has so much to to offer or share with us that can contribute to someone's success in tech or podcasting. You know what I mean? So yeah, this this coming on another one. I think on the next one we'll be having Miss Bachelorette Friday. Are we having Miss Bachelorette? Yeah, we're having Miss Bachelorette. Stay tuned for that. So the book recommendation for the week is Shoe Dots story behind the the nike shoe go read that let me know what you think of the book i'm also going to download that give you a review and my take around it yeah for everybody that's just joined us this just joined us on the line it's the end of the conversation that we had with certainty monday 
appreciate you, man. Have a great one, man. All right, now thank you so much, man. Thank you. So, so, so for people who want to to follow you on your socials, can you please drop them for us? All right, no, definitely. You can find me on Instagram at Sit to the Oracle. Instagram and TikTok, Sit to the Oracle. You can follow us and on Instagram and YouTube as well as Spotify for you had me at Dam, um, at uh, that Dam podcast. And yeah, Edetech is on Instagram and also www.sedetech.co.za. Yo, thank you, man. I appreciate you, Lars, man. Nah, dude, I truly appreciate being on you. I truly appreciate the platform that we're building and just the podcast in itself, man. Like, you sure? You're doing the most, man. And this was really enjoyable. I was very nervous starting out. I was like, yo, this is the first <laughs> you did on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's always the case, you know what I mean? I think it's always the case, but you know, as I said, I appreciate you, man. And I, I, I think if we are like doing the video podcast, I'd really like to have you on it, you know. Come in, man, definitely. Okay, cheers, man. Have a great one. Thank you, guys. Let's meet on the next. Cheers. <laughs>